Welcome back to the Richard Pyatt Show and our special series with Summit Point, the Behavioral Health Authority in Calhoun County, Michigan. If you've been following our series, you know, we've been chatting about a number of programs that have supported the Battle Creek and Calhoun County areas with uh, the needs that are out there in the community. And interestingly, today we're going to talk about the Senior Behavioral Health Team. Rebecca and Caitlin are part of that team, and they're both with us today. Thanks to you both. Hi. Hi. Let's talk about this. When we say Senior Behavioral Health Team, we really mean senior citizens. Is that right? Yes. What age group is that, really? I don't know if I want to hear the answer to this, but go ahead. Tell me. <laughs> what, what's the age group we're talking about? So the age group that we work with is 60 and older, depending on if they have a diagnosis of dementia. We will sometimes work with people that are in their 40s. All right. So that's interesting. So you started to pique my interest in another area that I wanted to get to, and that has to do with uh, what is this program really focused on doing? And I think you've started to answer that, but uh, help us hear the whole story. Maybe Becca, you you have a thought on that. Yeah, our team is kind of a combination of two services. Um, Caitlin provides case management and I work with the OBER team, which stands for the Omnibus Budgeting Reconciliation Act. And that's for providing mental health services to people in nursing facilities, which of course typically are seniors, but I have done assessments on people who are there for a rehab, so they're younger. So we hmm. have similar roles, but um, our programs are a little different. Okay. So that's an interesting thought that that Omnibus program is a state program that's state funded. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was started, I don't remember the date, a while ago to like because back in the day, you know, when people had like were institutionalized, so this was created to ensure that people are being taken care of who have mental health needs. Um, so I provide assessments, and then if people want services, then I do monthly visits. Um, again, just if they're living in the nursing facility, whereas Caitlin, her people live in the community. Okay, that makes sense. And Caitlin actually. If folks have been listening to this series, the notion of case management certainly is one in which they've become familiar in a lot of different areas at some point, because uh, this is such a key part of it, isn't it? And even in this case, without your support, would folks be accessing these services? I feel like someone, but other times, a lot of my clients don't feel like they're having mental health diagnosis. So okay. what I've been trying to assist with is giving them resources to like first step we have, if they're not part of the summit point process, they can start there to see uh, if they could have possibly depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, any other mental health diagnosis. Okay. So this age group, 60 and older, is it fair to say, and, and maybe this is true based on the notion of the omnibus funding and so on, but just generally speaking, 60 and older, that age group might not be recognized as one that needs services in this area. Is that fair to say? Either one of you can answer that, I suppose. Yeah, I think we've both seen that for sure. There's not as recognized. And then I think we both have experience too with 
just with the generation gap too. When they were younger, you know, mental health wasn't such a big thing or a thing that people really cared about. So a lot of them, this is could be their first time realizing, oh, I can get services for feeling depressed or it's okay if I have depression. Because I think our generation is a lot more accepting of that and has more knowledge on resources too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly has changed a lot, hasn't it, uh, over the years. Certainly, as I've gotten older, I've certainly recognized that. Do you see that, Caitlin? When you're working with the folks that you're working with, are you working through some of those old notions about um, not really recognizing a need for assistance in this area. You're probably having to work through that. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. I have many clients that are in denial that they have some depression. So they will try and say, oh, no, I think this is what's going on, but they choose something else to make them feel better. And uh, there's a success story that I will actually mention later on about one of my clients with that because a lot of them feel like they shouldn't need the help. They've grown their adults to where like they can't admit it because they don't feel like they'll be accepted now. Uh huh. Yeah. And certainly back then uh, it was a situation in which uh, we were supposed to feel strong and, and uh, power through it. Right. So as you mentioned, uh, Caitlin's working with folks who are in the community Becca, you're you're working with folks who are in a different situation. Do you have to power through some of those preconceived notions too in, in those situations? Yeah, I think I definitely see it more when I do initial assessments. Um, a lot of them be like, oh, I know I don't have any mental health issues or everyone gets depressed, so I'm fine. Uh-huh. So I think you just even kind of like what is mental health, like just the different terms and definitions can mean different things to people, especially with generate, like, like again, the generational gap. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It probably is true also that, um, even though, uh, things have changed over the course of, of years, that is to say folks are more educated about mental health, uh, awareness, it, they may not have gone along for that ride, right? The, if they've gone through life in this notion of having to be strong and, and power through, uh, they've really stuck to that perhaps in some cases. And and uh, this is the first opportunity they're having to make that change, isn't it? Right, exactly. Well, you have uh, some real significant chores ahead of you to, to change people's minds and, and help them see differently about the help that they can get. That's not always easy, is it? Oh, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. How do you do it? If you have somebody, and I'll give you both a chance to answer this. If you have somebody who's, who's particularly tough, nope, I'm fine. I don't, I don't need that help. How, what do you say to them, Caitlin, to help them uh, to change their, their viewpoint? What I personally do is I try, I feel like some of them are uncomfortable when they first see us. So like, that's why I think they're in denial when they get to know me. Like I've had a lot of them open up to me saying that I think I am having depression. I haven't really realized it because I'm active. I had another client actually get said that they were very grateful for me because they said, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I had this. You have given me a lot of help just 
like not for the resources, just having someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Because many people, many of our clients don't have families. Some of them are either in their own apartment complex and they don't have really family to come see them or assist with them. Or a lot of them live in a AFC home. And again, they don't have family, but they do have staff. So I have noticed that a lot of our clients just need a close relationship with someone to know that they're not by themselves. They see that some of us, we can kind of connect with them in some ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, uh, think about that, though, how powerful that is. You have gone into a situation in which someone is not recognized. They need help. Uh, by their own choice or otherwise, they just haven't recognized it. And you've been able to create that relationship and, and turn that. That's so powerful. Becca, I'm sure you've seen that happen too. It's a relationship thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure you've heard this with the other podcast episodes, but, you know, really emphasizing meeting people where they're at Yeah. Um, and kind of going along with what Caitlin was saying, you know, just being there for people and having a listening ear and not passing any judgment. Um, anyways, for senior behavioral health, like our teams, I guess like slogan is, um, encouraging seniors to live life to the fullest. So with that, you know, never wanting to force them to do things, but really saying this is what we offer and we're going to be here to support you. Well, uh, tremendous opportunity to, to make connections like that with folks who might not otherwise make them, you know, I suspect that you're the ones that become familiar with these individuals. They don't necessarily seek you out, do they? I'm just guessing I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that means that, uh, they would just stay in their little circle And if they're dealing with depression or something like that, they would just try to soldier through it without this connection. Yeah. I think with us too, you know, really connecting them to other resources as well. Yeah. Um, So they're just aware to what other things their community has to offer to them. So Caitlin, you said uh, you made mention of of some of the responses that you've gotten from folks. Was that the success story you wanted to talk about or is there another one? Since I've started, I actually had a lot more trust with a lot of my clients than I thought I would gain so quickly. Nice. Um, when I first started, we know how people think they don't have something going on, but then they realize, oh, now that I have someone who cares about me and they kind of pointed it out that this isn't helping them in a situation such yeah. as like some are have some problem with drinking to push away their mental health, their depression and anxiety. Sure. I actually recently had a client who was drinking when I first got them. And by the end of last year, actually, they stopped. They realized that, wow, I have people who care about me and that he's actually realizing, oh, with me stopping to drink, I can see what's going on with me physically as well as mentally and that he wants to try and gain his own guardianship. He's Hmm. they're They're trying to just get their independence back. And I think that's been amazing for me to watch as well as other people. Oh, I bet it has. How incredible. This is someone whose life you've turned around just by making that connection. You realize that. Yes, absolutely. I, I wasn't trying I just kind of stated the facts like I wasn't forcing or anything, but stating the facts, I think also brought him to 
realize, oh, wow, if I keep going with this longer, I, I won't be alive today and that's not what I want. And I think he, they've been very grateful that, oh, she may be a little harsh, but she's stating the facts to where I am wanting the best for them. Uh-huh. Sometimes you have to be tough, don't you? <laughs> yes, even though that's not part of my like vocabulary ever for me personally. <laughs> well, you figured it out. How about you, Becca? You have a success story you can think of? Yeah. Um, the goal of people to live in nursing facilities, we hope that we can have them live in a less restrictive setting as well. However, that's pretty slim without actually going to happen. But hmm. uh, one of my customers, he deals with a lot of delusions and feelings of anger. So I work on bringing like mood worksheets for people. And um, we had a really great visit once where he realized, wow, like I realized a lot of my anger stems from a lot of other emotions of like sadness and hurt from his past trauma. Oh my. So we have to work through that and really recognizing different emotions, how that can play a role. Um, so to figure out that helped us more to figure out different coping skills for when he does feel angry and so that was really, I think, an eye-opening um, meeting for him, and it helped build our relationship as well. Boy, you know, I think that um, so much in in um, culture uh, leads us to believe that uh, these challenges exist, and we just have to live with them. Both of you have illustrated clear examples of how just the right kind of compassion and interaction has changed two people's lives, probably saved at least one of them, maybe not both. That is amazing and must make you feel good when you go home at night. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It is a rewarding job. It's hard work, but it's good work. Yeah. All right. So the senior behavioral health team, this is the team at Summit Point, uh, on which uh, Becca and Caitlin are working and achieving these results, making these connections with folks 60 and older in Calhoun County. And certainly, if you are someone who falls into that category, or maybe you are acquainted or related or love someone who is that might uh, be able to avail themselves of this kind of an opportunity, first step is the first step, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So first step is linked in the show notes below and you can click through and get more information from Summit Point and, and get started or at least learn a little bit about the senior behavioral health team at Summit Point. Thanks to you both and congratulations on your good work. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you.